there. I'm Jenna, and welcome to Butterfly Banter. I'm so glad you're here. This is a show to share my journey as a woman with Turner Syndrome, and a show to share stories of others that are affected by Turner Syndrome. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And now, let the banter begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Butterfly Banter. So glad to have you here with me today. Um, I have a wonderful guest, Tia, with me today, and she's been so gracious to take her time for another interview today. Um, We had some technical difficulties with our interview last time, but I'm so excited to be chatting with her again. So, Tia, would you like to say hello to everybody this morning? Hi. Hi. (laughs) Well, welcome back to the show again. (laughs) I'm glad Um, to be back. Hopefully it works this time. (laughs) Yes. You know, technology can be your best friend or your worst enemy sometimes. You know, it just happens that way. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Well, welcome back to the show. And um, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Um, Let's talk about... um, you know, your your journey with Turner Syndrome and about yourself and where are you from and all that good stuff. Okay. Um, I am from Colorado, just live right outside Denver, between Denver and Boulder. And um, I was diagnosed with Turner's when I was about six weeks old um, because I had really puffy hands and feet and um, a web neck. And so the doctors and nurses were pretty convinced that I had Turner's. And so they did a karyotype and lo and behold, I did. Um, And I have, um, oh my gosh, I have, had pretty minor health issues, mm-hmm. mostly um, related to Turner's. I have uh, thyroid issues, and um, I have osteoporosis, um, which is pretty common, and it's also hard to say if it's actually truly osteoporosis or not, because um there's research, this is coming from my endocrinologist, um, there's research that says that uh, women with Turner's who are missing that second X chromosome completely, which I am, mm-hmm. um, have, it affects, it's called the shock gene, mm-hmm. which affects how the... Um, long bones in your body develop. So like your arm, Mm -hmm. you know, the humerus and then your leg bones and um, everything like that. And so it's hard to say if it's true osteoporosis or not, or related to that shock gene being either not activated correctly or Whatever the biological whole process is, it's complicated and way above my pay grade (laughs) to understand. Um, Well, I know that... But it's um, all interrelated. I know that um, 
I had, when I was younger, I was on a growth hormone study with the National Institutes of Health, and they really Mm -hmm. kept an eye on my bone density. And so, yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that osteoporosis would be something that, you know, with turners that you would have to deal with. So um, do they have you, do they monitor monitor you for that, or how are they Um, treating you for that? Yes, they... Well, right now we got it back up to where I don't really need like any medication. I was on Plasamax for probably like seven years, I think, a long time. And then um, my bone density had increased enough. My doctor's like, let's do a little bit of the medication holiday. And it's been fairly stable since then. Um, I get DEXA scans every couple two three years um well that's good that it's just kind of in the monitor phase yeah 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 um so i had that and then um i've had kind of related to that um had a bunch of broken bones and it's probably all kind of interconnected Mm -hmm. um you know, it's the whole bone density thing, obviously. And um, I've had a uh, congenital heart defect that actually is um, not super common in turners, but I think they're looking for it more and more mm-hmm. um, because I found, actually talking to others with turners, is actually quite a number of us that have this congenital heart defect and it's called um, partial anomalous pulmonary venous return. And so what that means is two of your pulmonary veins, um, which generally take the blood from your lungs back to your heart, the oxygenated blood from your lungs back to your heart, and then it goes out to the body. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing that, it goes into the lung chamber of the heart and just circulates the heart, the blood between your heart and your lungs. Okay. So um, when I was first diagnosed with that, um, I was 18. Mm-hmm. And um, we eventually figured out A, that that was going on, but B, that about 50% of my blood volume was going between my heart and my lungs. So I really was only using 50% of my blood. Oh, wow. You know, and getting oxygen from 50% of my blood. Wow. Um, Which when we found that out, explained, and by we, I mean my parents and I, um, when we found that out, it like explained a whole bunch of stuff that would go on. Um, when I was a kid, like my heart rate was always and still is really, really high. Mm-hmm. And like my parents are super active and we would go hiking and snowshoeing and everything in the mountains. And um, I would just have to like stop. If I didn't take it easy at the beginning, my heart rate would just get really too high and like it got to the point where I couldn't talk and mm-hmm. everything so I had to be really aware of that and then like altitude sickness if I go up to like 14,000 feet you know or even like 
11,000 feet, I have to be careful because sometimes I can get really, you know, do too much physical activity up there. Like mm-hmm. I can start not feeling really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, they would have, my parents would have me participate in um, a summer program called Kara Track, which is just a youth rec track program. Mm-hmm. And, um, Every after every race that I would run um, during the meet, like I would get sick, and it's obviously because I'm exerting myself, yeah, like, a lot, yeah, really hot, mm, yeah, <laughs> really hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Generally, Colorado, it can get hot, yeah, and um, you know, then I just exerting myself, like it would just make me sick, and. My parents always used to give me a hard time and be like, why can't you run faster? Why are you always getting sick? And then they felt horrible when they realized. Realized there's an actual reason for this happening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh. You know. um, So I got diagnosed with that at 18. And then um, I have been told at that time, probably within about six months um I'd have to have surgery and I was able to wait about almost 10 years oh wow before I had to have it um surgically repaired and so that was that surprises me that they wait- that surprises me that they waited so long how were they able to wait well, that long well, I was monitored really closely. So oh, the okay. reason I got diagnosed was that um, I had had uh, my last back surgery. So I had scoliosis, mm-hmm. um, which is also common for Turner's. Yeah. I had had scoliosis and um, had my third and hopefully last back surgery. Oh, my goodness. And I'd had a bunch of complications. And one of them was that my heart was getting really, really enlarged. Mm -hmm. And they also thought I had a pulmonary embolism. So when they thought I had a pulmonary embolism, they did the CT scan. And that's how they found out that I had this, um, you know, heart defect because Mm -hmm. nobody had found it on echoes because it's on the backside of the heart. So unless you know it's there or you think to look for it, it, you're not going to find it. Yeah. Um, and my heart was really, really dilated at the time. So they were thinking, well, it's not going to go back to its regular size. Like, we're going to need to do surgery. But we need to wait long enough after your last surgery to yeah. not put so much stress on it again. Yeah. You well, can. within about three to six months, um, you know, I saw my cardiologist like every three months at that point. Yeah. And within about three to six months, my heart had gone back to its normal size and I wasn't having any major symptoms like I wasn't super fatigued and I wasn't having heart palpitations and my blood pressure wasn't like skyrocketing so they're like well let's just keep an eye on it so Mm -hmm. um you know I would just make sure to see my cardiologist like every year yeah um, after that and then it did get to a point where um like I was falling asleep in movie during a movie in a movie theater (laughs) yeah you know, it was getting pretty bad and my blood pressure was creeping up 
a lot higher than they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Not dangerously high, but higher than they want it to be. Yeah. And so um, they did a catheterization and um, got to met. They did an MRI first, and then they did a catheterization. Between the two, they're like, yeah, it's time. Yeah. You know, you're having symptoms. The numbers are borderline for what we would consider to repair anyway. You've already made it to, I was 28 at the time. They're like, you've already made it this long. You're one of the oldest patients that hasn't had it corrected that we've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, So we need to go ahead and do it. So I did. And (laughs) pretty immediately afterwards, I felt a lot better. That's good. Yeah. I'm sure it was a huge relief to finally have that taken care of. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, definitely. And nothing. So. And have you had any other any other things come up after that, or has everything been good with your heart since then? Um, for the most part, it's been good. good. Um, my, I do have to have another MRI this year, um, which is the first one I've had since before my surgery. Yeah. Um, just because they, um. When they did the echo this year, they weren't 100% sure there had been a change in the root of the aorta, mm-hmm. which would signify the coarctation of yeah. the aorta. Yep. And so they weren't sure if there had been a change or um, if it, you know, like if there was a change and they didn't. Anyway, they're not sure if it was an actual change or like poor probe position. So they want to get a really good measurement. So I have to have an MRI for that um but that's not like a huge deal yeah they're just just double checking making sure everything's still good and nothing is for sure yeah yeah and like i said it's been like 13 years i think it's probably time to have another one anyway so yeah not completely shocked but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah when i when i was 10 years old i had to have um, a coarctation of the aorta repaired which that's pretty common that's pretty common in turners the coarctation yeah and yeah um just recently um, I've been back to my cardiologist. I've gotten on board with a new cardiologist and they've been kind of checking things out because um, I'm an older butterfly now <laughs> and um, I'm overweight and, you know, I just have things going on. And I was like, OK, um, it's been way too long since I've had my heart checked. And so it's just it's so important to keep up on those things, especially with Turner syndrome. The heart is really one of the big things that, you know, seems to be affected the heart and the bones, just like we're talking sure. about here. Um, I mean, and not, yep. not that that's the only things that happen, but you know, there's all kinds of other symptoms, but it seems like a common theme through all the interviews that I've done up the, to this point, it's really, it really has been a lot about the heart and, and bones and stuff yep. like that. So yeah, Absolutely. it's, it's, um, if I could send one message every single time I'm on a podcast, you know, do one of my podcasts, it would be just keep the, get those things checked. Keep an eye on those things. Don't let it slide. You know, I mean, your health, you can't, you can't go back and, you know, change things, but you can definitely be proactive and hopefully change things a little bit, you know, for the better. If, if things have gone downhill, 
um, from neglect, which I'm, I'm a prime example of that. I have not been good about keeping track of my heart, but I am definitely doing that now. 100%. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's so important. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I'm slightly overweight as well. And, you know, I had in 2018, I switched careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I did that, I took a pretty significant pay chunk, mm-hmm. pay cut. Yeah. And um, the health insurance was not good. Oh. So I couldn't, I literally couldn't afford to go to the doctors. And so for about three years until I got a significant pay raise, um, and the benefits changed, <laughs> you know, I wasn't able to like do anything yeah. with my health. And so I wish- now the last couple of years, I've finally been able to get back on track and like, see my endocrinologist every year and Good. Um, see my cardiologist and, you know, trying to make sure that I, like you said, I get back on top of it and yeah. keep on top of it. And Cause some things every can day be, because yeah, some things can be, you know, re, not, I won't say completely reversed, but some things can definitely be helped, you know, even if you let it go too far, but then sometimes Sometimes it does go too far and you can't fix things. So it's really unfortunate yeah. that you had to be in that position of not literally not being able to take care of your health. I wish that was, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish that was one thing that was different in our country, you know, our health care. Oh God, yes. <laughs> um, because there are so many, I mean, it's not just about Turner's, it's about everything you know mental health physical health everything that people suffer and we we don't need to you know if we could keep on if we could keep on top of things and be able to afford to go to the doctor we would go to the doctor you know right yeah oh i 100% agree with you like yeah universal health care needs to happen in this country and yeah you know it shouldn't you shouldn't have to choose between like eating and going to the doctor or taking your meds or things like that. And you shouldn't be forced into medical bankruptcy because you had to have a procedure and, you know, to save your life. And now you can't afford to pay that. Yeah. You know, like that just, I have a bunch of friends in Canada and they, one lives here. She's from Canada. And then I have one that actually lives in Canada. And mm-hmm. they're both like, yeah, healthcare in your country, meaning America sucks. I'm like, yeah, yeah tell me about it. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> tell me about it. We know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but anyway. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, tough. Yeah, you know, it's tough. And, you know, I think also another thing that I'm finding with <laughs> Um, a lot of women with TS is, you were talking about mental health, is um, anxiety and depression. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. definitely something that, um, looking, that I struggle with now and looking back, I've struggled with pretty much my entire life. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I think it is important for women with Turners and also parents of girls with Turners to keep an eye on that and for like, sure. get help um, if and when you notice that something isn't doesn't seem right. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, because I'm definitely realizing that prioritizing my mental health is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And like, you have to do it. You have to. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> for your sanity. Yep, you know? Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's just as critical as your body. Your mind is, if not oh. more, if not more, really. For sure. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. It's all well, like, so if your important. mind's not right, that you know, if your mind's not in a good place, then like you don't feel energized to do anything, and then it just makes your depression worse. And then, yeah, like it's just a vicious cycle. Yep. You know. Um, but there is but, there uh, is help and there is hope out there. Oh, for and sure. It's, and it's yeah, it's just a matter of just like with your physical health, keeping keeping an eye on it, like you just said. And, <clears throat> Just being aware, you know, just listening to your body and listening to your mind and, you know, and making sure that um, you take care of things that don't seem quite right. Yeah. You know, and an antidepressant has been a godsend for me. I'm not going to lie. Like That has helped so much. That's good. Um, In terms of all of all of that yeah um i mean it's not perfect i still have my good days and my bad days of but course it yeah. definitely helps you That's... know but everyone does anyway so yeah. like at least there's at least you've been able to find something that helps and there's and there's some relief you know even though yeah you yeah. might have those good and bad days but you at least you know it's not you know, that there's some relief and, and you get some, a break from it and, you know, you can, yeah. you can function and, and be okay. Yeah. And definitely having a therapist helps too. Absolutely. Um, but that is, that can be expensive. Again, talking about healthcare, mm-hmm. you got to expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But you have to do what you have to do and you need to take care of yourself. So. Yep. Absolutely. Do you feel like it's made a difference for you knowing that you had Turner syndrome from such a young age? I do. Um, I think that it helps because it's always just been a part of who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, there wasn't this big conversation that needed to happen that, you know, sit down we need to talk kind of thing yeah um you know it's just something i've always known yeah um, that's been the same with me. I, yeah I've, I've known since i was i mean this far back as i can remember and my mom was always very open and honest and i've i've spoken to other butterflies that found out I like to ask that question because I've spoken to other butterflies that have found out later in life, you know, like in their teens and stuff. And it's, um, it's quite a shock, you know, I mean, even though, even though, you know, obviously by your teens that something's going on with you, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely shorter and, um, maybe you haven't gone through puberty yet or, you know, there's all these signs of something and, and not knowing 
you're, you know, they're just like, what, you know, what is going on with me? And then finally, it's like, when they finally get answers, it's like this huge relief, you know, this huge weight off the shoulders of finally knowing what is going on. And so um, I feel very fortunate that I've just always kind of known. Um, And I know that's, and that's not the case for, uh, you know, for a lot of Turner's girls and women, but, um, you know, but you hear them. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I hear those stories of women getting diagnosed at like 17, 18, 19, 20, even late yeah, 20s when they're imagine. married and they're trying to have a kid. And that's when they realize, you know, and they either can't get pregnant or they mm-hmm. miscarry and, you know, they do more testing and they realize, oh, you have Turner's. Yeah. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even fathom. And it makes me angry because it's like, there was something along the way that should have clued yep. you or your doctors or your parents Somebody, or yeah. whoever in that maybe we should do a little more investigation here. Yeah. Like, you know, there's something going on. Um, yeah. So it makes me wonder how it got missed. But yeah, I feel the same way you do. I feel very fortunate that it's just something that I've always known so it wasn't a big shock yeah and it wasn't a big heavy conversation that had to be had and yeah you know I just I am who I am and part of that is I have turners so yeah but and that and the thing that I like to also remind um the listeners you know everybody listening to all the butterflies is that um you know Turner syndrome doesn't have to define you it's just it's a part of you and and it's and it's not a bad part I mean I feel there's a lot of things that I feel like I'm stronger because of having Turner's so um, you know, it doesn't have to define you or be this, even if you do find out later in life, it doesn't have to be a devastating thing that completely <laughs> ruins everything for you because there's a lot of strength in having Turner syndrome too. You have to, you have to be a fighter, you know, you have to learn to overcome obstacles and, and be a fighter when you, you know, when you have Turner syndrome, I would say that's the biggest lesson I've learned. I've always been a, a scrappy little thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, and... And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. That's just, you know. That's You're just... so mighty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, What's one piece so of... You're 100% right. Like, yeah. you... Turner's doesn't define you. It's not the only thing that defines you. You, Every person is so multidimensional. Right. That it is one small component that makes you who you are. Absolutely. It, you know, and so, yeah, I can understand it would be a huge shock and it would feel devastating if you found out later. Yeah. But again, remember, that's just a small fragment of who you are. Yeah. And you are so much more than any one little piece that makes you you, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So, um, to kind of wrap things up today, I always like to ask my guests what 
and we've kind of alluded to this, but maybe you can, you know, add a little bit um, more on to okay. it. But um, what's the biggest piece of advice that you would love to give to all the butterflies that are listening right now? Um, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. Um, but I think take care of your mental health mm-hmm. because um, with a lot of the issues that come up with Turner's from being shorter to being bullied to um, that feeling of being different or um, maybe less than or anything like that or weak mm-hmm. like all of that takes a toll on your mental health and you may not realize it at the time yeah, but it absolutely. does so make sure you're checking in on yourself in that way and taking care of your mental health mm-hmm. and don't ignore it if you don't feel right if you feel anxious if you feel depressed if you feel whatever talk to your doctor talk to your primary care talk to your endocrinologist mm-hmm. um Talk to whomever, but talk to someone. And it can be a hard conversation to have. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. To admit that you're going through a tough time. But it is so important. Well, and with this podcast, one of the biggest messages, too, that I want that... I want, you know, you're talking about talking to people. And that's what started me with this podcast is I wanted it to be... I, I wanted butterf- other butterflies to know that they're not alone. You're not alone. Absolutely. Go, you know, go talk to somebody, seek out that help if you need it. Um, there's lots of butterflies out there. Uh, it's, it's amazing since I started this podcast, how many butterflies I had no idea <laughs> how many, you know, I, I mean, I guess I'm from right. Wyoming, little podunk Wyoming and I just kind of thought I was like the only one, you know? And so, um, yeah, definitely reach out and you're not alone. Talk to people and reach out to other butterflies. There's lots of us out there. There is. There's a tons of groups on Facebook, on Twitter. Like, reach out. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that Turner Syndrome Foundation has a Star Sister program, which mm-hmm. is like a pen pal mentoring yeah. program. Yep. Um, that's how I got connected to now a woman who's now become like one of my super close friends. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, even though we've never met in person, like we talk a lot on good. messenger, mm-hmm. you know, but yes, tourists can feel very isolating. And so I think it's wonderful that you do this podcast yeah. to definitely remind people you are not alone. Yeah. Your experiences are not um, and I think those are the biggest takeaways. Yes, for sure. Well, Tia, yeah. it's been so great talking to you again today. And you're just Thanks. you're just such an inspiration. And I, I appreciate your time again and appreciate your understanding of technical difficulties. <laughs> and um, I'm really looking forward to getting this episode out with you. And um, just, just thank you for being so inspiring and being on the show again today. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, we'll catch you on the next episode.
Bye.